views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from ruining your life? Join award-winning author and breakthrough expert Dr. Friedman Schaub for Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most difficult challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Here is your host on Empowerment Radio, Dr. Friedman Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman, and uh, today we are talking about one of the favorite subjects of mine, which is actually something that has been, I think, uh, governed me and guiding me since probably my early 20s, just in different ways. As many of you know, I started out in cardiology working as a cardiologist and uh, at some point left this whole field simply because cardiology seemed to be focusing so much on the symptoms and focusing on the problems of the physical, the mechanical aspect of the heart and not enough on other aspects that also can cause high blood pressure, arrhythmia, and even strokes and heart attacks, which are stress anxiety, and so on. So with some detours, I am since the last 15 plus years working more on the heart that is the core of our being, the heart that is that place inside of us that knows who we are, the heart that tells us the truth when we listen to it, and the heart that we also too often disconnect from. Now, the other day, I talked to a client of mine about his anxiety. And he told me that, well, you know, we worked through everything. And uh, I certainly have been really gaining so much more awareness and also a clean slate with my past. But I still do feel anxious at times. I do still feel like there is this sense of doom coming up at times. What's really going on? And whenever I hear this question, I'm really excited because it brings up one of the root causes, the most overlooked root causes for anxiety that I'm very passionate about helping people with, which is the disconnection from the heart, the disconnection from the truth. There is something that we do at times naturally which is just falling into roles and patterns of the past without really being aware of them. Well, in this client's case, we talked about how he showed up for his family, which was exactly how his father showed up, which was very authoritarian and in some ways very strict. And even though inside of him, he felt, oh my God, my family is afraid of me. Externally, he felt like this is what I need to be. That's the father I need to be. At work, There was some shady business going on, but in order to keep the job, he just closed his eyes and kept on going, even though he knew that it was not totally into in integrity with himself. 
So in other words, he didn't live totally in alignment with his truth. And that kind of, you would say, lying to himself or betraying himself, that was the cause of this residual anxiety. And that is what we have been working on and has made a big difference, this reconnection to the heart. And, and today I have a, a kindred spirit on the show, an amazing healer and author, and he is someone who certainly has brought this reconnection to the heart into an awareness. And it started out actually with helping people through addiction. And I'm talking about Lee McCormick. Lee McCormick has been a creative force in the mental health and recovery scene for over 20 years. And he is also the founder of the Integrative Life Center in Nashville and the Ranch Recovery Center in Tennessee and the Canyon Treatment Center in Malibu. And he is the co-author of the Reconnecting to the Heart book that we're going to talk about, which is all really about the beautiful and so gentle and wise ways of how to get reconnected with that center of our being and so thank you, Lee, for joining me on the show today. There are so many things I want to talk with you about, but let's start with talking about how you even came about this book. How did that really get created? It was very organic, I think. It was, and I enjoy doing this, so thanks for inviting me. <laughs> yes. It's good to meet here in virtual world. That's um, right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so, yeah. so the, the, as you said, I've spent 20 years um, in and around the, the middle. Hmm. I may have lost you a little bit. <laughs> I didn't hear you anymore because you were lost a little um, bit there. Connection. Now you're back. Okay, so, so you said you spent 20 years. Uh, I can hear you now again. Let me let me change. Okay, okay. <laughs> let me try and change them. No problem. Maybe this will help. That's the beauty about a live show. That actually there is just these little interruptions that happen, <laughs> and I'm sure that Lee going to come right back after he has changed everything. And what I was asking him was about how this book came about, which is actually a book that has been written by a whole bunch of wonderful authors and, um, and healers that have come together just to share their knowledge and their insights over the years on how to help people to overcome addiction. So here he is again. So yeah, Lee, tell me about how this came about that you wrote this book together with others. Yeah. Um, I was with a group of colleagues, friends in Santa Fe at a conference. And we got into a conversation about our collective point of view and frustration in the mental health addictions treatment world um, the, with the poor outcomes. Um, that's something that for around recovery and mental 
And here it is gone. <laughs> well, I think what we're going to do probably is just switch to audio only. Maybe we can just let um, Lee call in and then see that this is probably much easier to hear him, even though on Facebook Live, as many of you may be on, you may miss his face, but it's probably better just to hear him than see him as a as an in and out person. Yeah. <laughs> Let me try moving. I I apologize. Um, well, what we can do also is to why don't we go for a quick break, Carter, and then we'll have it figured out. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik has a special gift for everyone out there. To receive three chapters of the Knowledge Book as a special gift, send your email to mmjp99 at gmail.com. That's Emma's in Mary, Emma's in Mary, JP99 at gmail.com now to receive this fabulous, fabulous gift of the Knowledge Book. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Well, let's try this again. <laughs> I am here with Lee McCormick, the author, the co-author of the Heart Reconnecting Reconnection Guidebook. And we just talked about how this book, which is really speaking to my heart, and I'm sure it will speak to yours as well, especially if you do feel disconnected from your heart or you're dealing with a broken heart. We just started talking about how this book came into existence before something else that disconnected, which was our internet connection. So Lee, tell us, so you met in Santa Fe with others and what happened? I did. And we had a, a, a long in-depth conversation about what's missing. What's, what are we missing in our service to helping people find a connection to their heart, to their spirit, to their life that will, that will inspire them to be willing to really look at their patterns and their belief system and their experiences um, 
you know, what, what are we missing that is keeping the outcome? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a really, really important question. Unfortunately, <laughs> we are missing Lee right now since uh, his internet connection. You know, you know what, Doc? If I, if you could give me five minutes, I can go up the road and I can get a, a better signal. You can also just call in. Maybe we're just going to use the phone anyhow, which is probably a much better signal because we don't uh, have too much time that we want to waste. So. Do you want to call in, Carter? What phone number yeah, is it? You bet. Is, Let me grab is, my phone. Yes. <laughs> All right. What's the phone number? Uh, you can just call in to the 1-800-930-2819 number. Perfect. Do you got that, Lee? 819. Call in it now. Excellent. Great. So we are not losing any time. There we go. I think we, perfect. Now you're just going to get out of Zoom and then we are all ready. All right. Do we have Lee on the call? Yeah, Lee, are you there? I'm here. There we go. Perfect. Yeah, All right, let's do this. Three is a charm. The yeah. question was, what okay. are we missing? Yeah, so the question is, what are we missing? And what we all realized is that, you know, our approaches to healing are all derived out of the same cultural beliefs, the same cultural patterns. Um, the same cultural frame of life that all of our issues are being created from. Um, and that there's, there, we felt like there's a real need and opportunity to simplify the way that we look at ourselves and to find ways to simplify the experience of, of stepping into your life and addressing all of the behaviors, all of the patterns, you know, all of the manifestations, which can be addictions or mental health issues, any of those diagnoses um, that are haunting us. And mm. let's see if we can't find find a more creative way to support people in bringing their attention back to themselves and back to their life's experience. <laughs> Now, how would you say is the disconnection from the heart even happening? How do we disconnect from our heart? And how can we know when we are disconnected from our heart? I think it happens, I think it's more or less, it's a natural process based on the way that, that we're domesticated to fit into the world that we live in. We're we humans are domesticated in much the same way that animals are domesticated, and we're, from the, from the time of birth, growing up as little children, you know, into childhood, into teenage years, into adulthood, we're all taught that it's most important that we conform to the beliefs um, of the world that we were born into, that we, it's more important that we fit into our family 
that we fit into our school system, that we fit into our religious affiliations, that for us to be happy, successful individuals, we need to learn how to be a part of the existing reality that we have inherited. And that in itself leads, in most instances, it leads us to the need to really abandon our own intuition, to abandon our own innate sense of wisdom um, or awareness um, for the sake of being compliant with the, the scripts of life that we have inherited. You know, it, it's not done maliciously. It doesn't happen, you know, with... It doesn't happen from a negative point of view necessarily, and it happens all the same. And then at some point in life, we realize that we don't feel fulfilled, that we're not really happy, that everything in our life is conditional. It's conditional upon being successful or conditional upon how we look, um, conditional upon the grades we make or or my sense of well-being with myself is conditional upon how you, how you look at me and what you believe about me. So we don't we never develop an innate sense of goodness, of of peace, of creativity because we're so busy trying to fit into the expectations of the world that we have been that we have inherited. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But my question is, this is basically tribal consciousness. This is, you know, the need to somehow be a part of so that we are not alone, abandoned in the world. And this is something that we all have been doing since thousands of years. But in your book, I think you rightfully pointed out that especially in that more, you know, technological time or more practical and logical way of thinking that emerged in the last hundred years, that the disconnection from the heart was much more accelerated. So I'm just wondering if I'm going to look at in indigenous tribes or Native American tribes, be you know, what was different there in regards to their connection to the heart than what we are experiencing? Was it also that they had to fit into the tribal structure and the expectations but was there something else that made them still connect to their heart? And I'm asking this question because some of what you're using, like the medicine wheel, comes from those traditions, from their more you know, native traditions. So what would you say was different at that time? Oh, that's a, well, that's a great question. Um, if you look at the quality and the character of, of indigenous people's relationships to life. And then you look at the quality and the character of, you know, say our, our Western minded American, the foundation of our American relationship to life in, in our culture, the modern man, Western minded culture, the foundation of our relationship to life is anchored in, the belief systems of man. It's anchored in what I call the matrix. And that is, in a sense, it's all made up by man. We, you know, our, our forefathers, our ancestors, 
held belief systems. They develop the cultures. Our cultures, our communities evolve. We make progress. We move forward. And as we move forward over time, our attention and the foundational relationships of our life have moved further and further away from the connections to nature, to Mm. creation, to intuition, to the seasons, um, to the foundational aspects of life that really our world is, is all based in. The Native people have never or the indigenous peoples have never abandoned their relationships with creation, with what I call the mystery. They live active, conscious relationships in varying degrees, depending on you know what tribe you're talking about or where in the world you're talking about. But they're living direct relationships with the spirit of life, with the consciousness of life, as it's manifest in the natural world. Um, and our modern cultures have moved almost entirely into relating our connection to life to the frame of reality that is all man-made. Um, and yeah, the same tribal instincts, the same need to belong, you know, the same family connection that, that is heart-centered, those connections exist throughout all these cultures. What's different is the foundation that those relationships are based in. And as we have moved further and further away from a relationship to nature and an awareness of, of nature, of life, of the mystery, as we've moved away from that, we have moved more and more into a mind, human mind orientation, and that mind orientation has become seriously afflicted in, in judgment in the judgment of good, bad, right, wrong, in projection, which is predominantly just a fear-based orientation. Um, I, I hope that makes sense. That's oh, I think it's um, beautiful what you just said, and there's uh, a lot to unpack, but one of the things that I am wondering if uh, you're talking about this you know, indigenous uh, connection to life, you're also talking about probably that it wasn't about conquering or it wasn't about winning or it wasn't about having to constantly prove your worthiness. Uh, and it certainly wasn't about disconnecting from nature, which all of those things, I think our culture, our society have been certainly uh, fostering and guilty of for, for now many decades, is going to nature is reconnecting to nature one way also of reconnecting with your heart? Oh, I think so, because, you know, we humans, we're, we create patterns for ourselves. All of us have our own patterns. We all have emotional patterns. We all have thought patterns. We all have simple life patterns where you drive the same way to work every day. You know, you drive the same way home. We, we're creatures of, of habit and pattern. Um, to shift our attention, to begin a practice, so this, is, this can be very Buddhist, to shift, to create a practice and begin to shift our attention out of our patterns, to intentionally break our patterns, and to give our attention to a walk in the woods or a walk on the beach 
or simply just go out and sit in some green grass somewhere on your block or in your yard and turn your face up to the sun and close your eyes and breathe in the light and allow yourself to just relax and shift your attention to the breath. Again, it's very Buddhist. Shift your attention to the breath and allow your attention to just become real soft and easy and feel into your body. Feel into the balance between your emotions and your physical body and your thoughts and develop a practice. And there's points of this in the book. Develop the ability to shift your attention out of the endless conversation and chatter of the mind and bring your attention to your next breath, to your heartbeat, to the innate sense and feeling of life as you are within your body. That is in itself a return to nature. We are an aspect of nature. We're not, we're, regardless of how we may want to view ourselves, we will never be separated from nature and exist in these human bodies. And, and our attention has been so hooked by the modern man world. Our attention is so easily hooked by this matrix that we live in and the scripts that we've all inherited, the operating programs that we've all been, been downloaded with in our culture, that our attention, we, we rarely ever bring our attention back to that quiet, simple connection to our own heartbeat, to our own sense of intuition, to, to the light, to the earth, to our next breath. We just don't slow down and unplug so that we can have a relationship with the truth of what we really are underneath all the roles and all the anxiety that we operate in in the external world. Now, when you, I mean, the picture that you paint about the modern man and woman in the world Uh, in our society is very accurate and unfortunately a picture that I feel is not sustainable. We cannot continue to live the way we have been living, not only on a, on a health level, but also on a, on a planetarian level. We all know that. But when I, when I hear you talking about the reconnecting to the heart, some people would say like, you know, I have been so off my heart. I don't even hear it. I don't even feel it. And some people would say, well, that sounds all great, but my day-to-day -day life is just so entangled in all these obligations and all these routines and patterns and programmings. I cannot just go and live on a farm and plant organic tomatoes. Would you say that you have a vision for a person that you could give us that lives somewhere in a big busy city, has a job, has kids and families to feed and, and still is able to live with a hard reconnection without necessarily having to uproot all that what he or she are doing? Is there a vision of a reconnection and still living in that modern society? Oh, absolutely. It's... Um You know, I've I've led workshops and, and journeys in Manhattan, and I've led workshops and journeys in in Machu Picchu and in Teotihuacan in Mexico. So, you know, certainly being able to change our our geographical location can inspire us and and help raise help us raise ourselves up. And and we can do this anywhere because the key 
to our coming into awareness of the quality of our choices, the quality of what we give our attention to, the nature and quality of the stories that we tell ourselves about who we are and about this world we live in. All of that is up to us in the moment to learn to practice, you know, asking some simple questions of ourselves. What am I giving my attention to? Hmm. Literally, that's one of the most profound questions we can ask. There are some practices. Uh, one of my favorite practices is a journaling practice. You can do that living anywhere, in any situation, yeah. and, in the e- and in the evening, you would take 30 or 40 minutes and take a journal, and you would recapitulate is the term, but you would go back to your morning when you first woke up. You, you would walk yourself through your day in your mind, and you'd make note of every experience that you had during that day where you got hooked into judgment or reaction. And you don't go back into the judgment and reaction. You develop the ability to just witness that, oh, yeah, this happened and I did that. And you just write it down in the journal. And you also acknowledge any points in your day that your heart was touched, any points in your day that were poignant or really sweet or or generous, you know, those moments that make life just feel so great. And it's, it's wonderful being a human being. So you acknowledge the challenges and the judgments that you got into, and you also acknowledge the goodness and the sweetness that you experienced. And you just jot it down, and you write it down from a place of a witness. So you're not adding another judgment to it. You're not saying this was right or this was wrong. You're simply becoming a witness to the way that you interact in day-to-day life one day at a time. Mm. That practice that practice will develop, help us, help you develop an awareness that I guarantee you, if you'll do that for 30 days, what will happen is you will be in the middle of your day, something will, some experience will come up, and before you go into the judgment of it or you go into a reaction of it, You'll feel that energy coming, and you'll have that moment where you can pause and you can shift how you respond. Rather than our reactions being automatic, we learn to intervene simply by the practice of developing our awareness of ourself. Well, that is life mastery, and we'll talk more about how the heart can become our teacher after this quick break. So stay tuned, we'll be right back. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik has a special gift for everyone out there. To receive three chapters of the Knowledge Book as a special gift, send your email to mmjp99 at gmail.com. 
That's Amazon Mary, Amazon Mary, JP99 at gmail.com now to receive this fabulous, fabulous gift of the knowledge book. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. Are you new to playing with the law of attraction or a seasoned pro looking for an easy and organized way to monitor your co-creation endeavors as you draw them from the immaterial planes into your physical reality? Then join me over at goldenotter.us for bi-monthly new and full moon rituals where we plant seeds of intention, then harvest the fruits of our desires as part of a dynamic community in the members-only Lunar Manifestations Forum. I'm Autumn Seibel, host of Golden Otter Radio, where the metaphysical beats the mainstream, and I can't wait to meet you. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? (laughs) Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on the Tracy L. Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at TracyLClark.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. I'm here with Lee McCormick, who is the co-author of Heart Reconnection. And we just talked about the importance to just get back into alignment with the heart and, uh, and also to start listening to the heart again. Uh, if you have any questions, then you just would love to get some advice from Lee or me. Call in at 800 9302819 again 800-930-2819 or you can also just type in your question in the chat box at transformation talk radio now lee we do have a question and uh, adam wrote he asked i cannot make a decision on whether to keep my business or sell it i'm in my head all the time about it how can I ask my heart for guidance? Well, that can be a whole process. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's difficult to answer that question without being able to have a conversation with the person. Um, from my I think what you, you may want to just uh, ask, you know, and this is a question I have for you too. It's like the voice of the heart. It's like tuning into the heart. If we are disconnected from the heart, 
how do we know when the heart speaks to us? How do we know when it's not fear talking or insecurity talking or old, you know, voices of the past talking? How do we know it's the heart that speaks to us? Each one of us knows ourselves in a sense. So when I began my journey um, 22 years ago of, of questioning myself, of looking at my life, um, I was 41 and I had a whole world. I had, you know, I'd lived for 41 years and I'd done a lot of things. And I, I owned a ranch and I was in the cattle industry and I was a commodities trader. Um, you know, I, I had a whole, an entire reality that I was in the middle of and the dis-ease, the, the, the just not being comfortable in my own skin, that feeling, once I began to focus on myself and once I began to read some other books, I actually checked myself into a treatment center for an addiction that I had developed but that set a process in motion of me really questioning, mm. what am I doing? Why do I keep doing what I'm doing? And I was cautioned early on, and rightfully so, to, to not, don't quit your job, don't sell your business, don't file for divorce. Develop a practice of meditation is probably one of the most effective, self-reflective, self-guiding practices I think we can develop, to develop a practice that allows you to sit with yourself and to be able to feel, as I've said earlier, to be able to put your attention into your body, into your breath, and literally feel the frequency of how it feels being you, being as still as you can be. Now, this does not mean that the mind isn't chattering the mind's not talking, and even when our mind is chattering and talking, we can learn to shift our attention to the breath, to feeling our, our, our butt sitting on the floor. Um, we can shift our attention to something deeper than the mind chatter. And it does take practice, and we have to, number one, we have to have the motivation and the interest and the willingness to break these patterns. Like we have to want our life to be different. That's the first caveat to all this is you have right. to really sincerely want your life to be different. And the other caveat to this is I don't think any of us have a clue what our life's going to look like on the other side of changing everything. And that brings up the fear. Exactly. You know, the unknown the unknown is really terrifying to us. Um, part of that is, is woven into the culture that we live in. But part of that is also, I think, human nature, that we're, we're, we, would, we will choose a miserable known over a potentially wonderful unknown most of the time because we have no faith in the unknown. You right. know, we have no faith beyond our own experiences, our own beliefs. And, and the framework of reality that we have been acculturated to. So let me come back to, in the sense of, of looking at a life choice like selling a business, 
<clears throat> I would develop a, a meditation practice. I would develop a journaling practice. Um, I would do some of those simple things that are kind of cliche of making a list of what are the benefits of, of being in that relationship because owning a business is a relationship. Um, what are the, what are the positives of that relationship? What are the negatives of that relationship? And what are my true expectations for that relationship? For instance, um, I've done things before in my life because I need, we need to make a living. We need, you know, we need a cash flow. We need to, to keep all the balls in the year. Well, I've met a lot of people and worked with a lot of people who made a career decision based on more financial interest than anything else. It was a good business model. looked like it would make good money, and that's why I did it. But somewhere along the line, my expectation changed, and I expected that business to fulfill me. When I didn't get into that business for personal or spiritual or soulful fulfillment, I got mm. into that business to make money. I got into that business, you know, uh, to, to build self-respect or right. to garner my position in my culture. So it's really important to get clear on the why am I doing this? And again, not look at it from right, wrong, good, bad, but just be ruthlessly honest. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? And if this is not something I want to do anymore, then what are my options? What might I dream up? You know, where can I go creatively with my life? What's calling me? What's, what's in my heart? What, where is there passion for something else? And maybe a lot of times, maybe what we need to do is simply reframe our relationship with our career and allow our career to be what it is and the way that it serves us. And then we take time and energy to put into some other relationship in our life that actually feeds us on a soul and heart level. And I think a lot of people are probably exactly at that place where out of necessity, out of the benefits or security, they hold on to something that doesn't necessarily feed their soul, but because they're resisting it or they're struggling with it, they are drained by it more than maybe it has to. And they don't necessarily look for other ways to feed themselves. Now, what I'm you know, hearing from you saying is about relationship, how we relate to aspects of our life. And, and ultimately, it's also the relationship to yourself. And one of the things that uh, you wrote in the book right at the beginning is about the, the core issue of disconnecting from your heart is believing that who you are is not enough. And, and I think that's something that then also comes into, well, if I'm not enough, I have to prove myself. Or if I'm not enough, I cannot really make changes and trust it's going to work out because I'm not enough. Or if I'm not enough, I cannot just go for, you know, finding out what fulfills me because who I am doesn't really deserve that. And so the I am not enoughness, I think, you absolutely are right, is one of the, the core diseases of our uh, society that we are much more prone to believe that than we are prone or you know, prone to be appreciated or celebrated just for who we are. 
But that brings me to, you know, a question about the heart and the seed of the heart. I mean, we are talking about the heart and the importance to connecting to it. But what do we find in our heart? You know, let's say you want to make changes. I did at least six life changes in my life. And every time there is certainly fear connected to it. So I understand there is this, well, what if story happening, but something inside of me believed that I have all that I need to somehow create that what I desire, but that's not necessarily always there for us. So if you connect to your heart, do you find trust? Do you find confidence? Do you find a connection to the, to the mystery? What, what do you find in your heart when you are really connecting to it? Well, that's my relationship with myself, um, with my heart, with my spirit, of course, has evolved over the last 20-something years. Um, you know, initially, well, all I knew is I was so tired of my life being what it had been. Hmm. And I just did not want to continue to live that way. Um, I wanted my life to feel different. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like where I was. Of course, I could entertain myself. You know, I had, I had stuff around me, but I was really, I was really lost and I was really unhappy. I think that's the only way to say it. I just, I, it, I wasn't content and I wasn't happy. Um, and my, my, reckoning with myself one of the first things i realized and was introduced to is look the nature what is the true nature of what you have given your faith to as a human being is the nature of what you've given your faith to based in a belief system because i make up my beliefs you know someone can teach me something a story of god or a story of you know, a savior, someone can teach me that story. I can take that story in. I can, and I do make the choice. Yes. Okay. I will believe this or no, I don't believe that. Well, if I choose to believe it, the moment I choose to believe it, I am a hundred percent responsible for having taken on that belief. And from that point forward, that's my belief, but that is a learned belief. That belief didn't come from direct experience necessarily. It came right. from someone teaching me that. Well, to have to live a relationship with our heart and spirit, our belief system and our faith needs to be reclaimed and freed up. Free my faith up from the things that I have believed in the past and allow my faith to be open and allow myself to sit with the unknown. So that I might realize that the unknown is not the enemy. And the unknown, if I choose, can be a fear. Or the unknown, if I choose, can be unlimited possibilities and potential. It's a matter of the story I'm telling myself and the energy that I'm putting into it. So I had to learn to sit with the unknown and to deal with all the stuff that came up as I was taking my life apart. And I had to keep bringing my attention back to, you know what, this is my life. It is 100% my responsibility. 
it is my choice, and I am not a victim of anything other than some cause and effect situations that happen in the course of life that, for the most part, actually are random. Um, but I had to derail myself from that from that victim nature that I think we all inherit a part of. We've all inherited a victim-oriented script in life, and that's inherent in the culture of the United States. You know, that we immediately go from, from the idea that we can do something great, then some things go wrong, some things fall apart, we run into obstacles, or as we like to say, we fail. And the minute we go there, then we, we cop a victim's attitude. Well, that's right. just completely disempowering. Life is simply cause and effect. Some days, you, some days you say you win, some days you say you lose. The quality and character of who I am as a person doesn't change based on my performance. So do you have a feeling like after all those 20 years of self-reflection <laughs> that, you know, now that you know yourself better and you are going at times into maybe decision makings of the unknown, what do you know now about yourself that puts you at ease when you do something new or you go and venture off into the unknown? I, I really, I have to bring myself back from getting, my tendency is that I will get too far ahead of myself. <laughs> um, so on a regular basis, I need to bring my attention back to, okay, this is where I'm at right now. This is what's real and this is what's true right now. This is my intention for where I believe I'm headed. And then I, I immediately look up at the universe. I, I talk to God, I, however you want to phrase that. As soon as I say this is where I'm headed, then I shift my attention into the universe and say, you know, I trust you more than I trust this world. I trust the unknown more than I trust the known. And together... I believe that we can accomplish a lot of goodness here. And so I'm always open. I'm always open to the creator, to the mystery, to the spirit people, to God, to, to whoever, you know, what, what, whoever you pray to, whoever you have a relationship with. I'm always open to them bringing something into the equation that I haven't thought of, that I'm not aware of. So I'm always mindful of not locking my expectations down so tight that I miss an invitation or an opportunity from life that, that's even greater than anything I've imagined. So I want to have a soft hold on my expectations. I don't want a, a white-knuckled, locked-down hold on my expectations. I always try and stay open to, to life morphing and evolving and inviting me into something greater than what my expectation was or just which is a beautiful way of surrendering into the mystery of life and too often our little control self says no surrendering is weakness it's giving up you shouldn't do this you have to have a plan you have to execute you have to win so we have all those patterns but you you know and i completely relate to that But a lot of people may have a hard time with spirituality, with the idea of the soul, of a God, or anything greater than themselves. Can you reconnect to your heart without 
having any kind of a spiritual experience or is it inevitable that you meet your soul or that greater power when you connect to your heart? Yeah, I think I think you can have a, a direct connection to your heart and your spirit without having any kind of belief system around religion. Um, it, it is what we are. You know, what we are is consciousness. We're the consciousness mm. that gives life to this physical body. I'm not my physical body. I'm the energy that gives life to this body. And so... I can have a relationship with myself and with the life that I'm living, and I believe that relationship can be connected directly to, well, it is connected directly to my heart and spirit, and my relationship can be also a relationship where I learn to, again, I keep saying this phrase, I learn to shift my attention back to myself, back to my my spirit, back to the presence of me and my body, and I learned to soften the hold that my mind has had on my attention so that I can feel into my intuition, basically. That's, intuition, mm. is for me, is the most refined aspect of emotion. Intuition in the sorcerer's world, in the old Mexican sorcerer's realm intuition was seen as a direct link to spirit because we if you know we all have an intuitive ability we all know what it's like to get a hit on something you feel like something's going to happen or or you should do this or you shouldn't do that and we don't act on it and then then that event occurs and we're like god i should have listened to myself absolutely Developing the ability to hold an awareness with our intuition, with our feeling, because the body never lies. Our mind will lie because our mind's more invested in being right than it is in being happy. <laughs> you know, the mind is a, is a program. It's not unlike the hard drive of a computer with an operating system on it. And the mind needs constant reinforcement and constant validation. So the mind will skew the facts or the mind will twist the truth to fit what the mind has given its faith to, while our intuition and our body will always give us a clear message of, of what's actually happening within us or around us. The body never lies to you. Um, well, in order to hear your intuition, of course, you have to take time to be quiet and tune in and... Uh, and I really love what you just said about just seeing this as one of the most refined emotions and probably also one of the most important uh, guidance systems that we have in our lives. Now, unfortunately, our time is already over, which is too bad because there's so much we could talk about. So I have to have you back on, on the show again uh, real soon because I have many other questions and and I love how you are sharing your wisdom, but how can people find out more about you and, and the book? You can, you can find the book on Amazon or at your local bookstore, and I love supporting local bookstores. So if there is a choice, please go to the, your, your local bookstore and you can order <laughs> the Heart Reconnection Guidebook. Or it is also on Amazon. It's the Heart Reconnection Guidebook. Um, you can contact me through our healing program, our recovery center in Nashville. 
It is integrativelifecenter.com. You can go to our website and message, or you can reach me through spiritrecovery.com. Either one of those two websites. And it's all in one word, Spirit Recovery? Yes, spiritrecovery.com and integrativelifecenter.com. And I'd love to be back on. I'd love to have a conversation with you about intuition and, and your practice in medicine. Oh, wonderful. I love it. Well, we will definitely keep our paths crossing. <laughs> Thank you so much for today. And I'm glad that our connection worked out. And uh, thank you for sharing all that you're doing for people that, you know, like many of us have been simply lost walking around since we haven't really listened to our heart. And your book and your work certainly helps us to find more groundedness and meaning in life again. So thank you very much. And uh, well, thank you for tuning in to everyone who has listened today. Thanks for Adam for the question you asked. Thanks Carter for being in the production room. And until next time, goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. 